Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornblast, and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News. Uh, this is our weekly wrap for what's going on in the industry uh, as of June 4, 2021. A hearty thanks to Bank Automation News advertisers Zeta Tech and MX for their support. So thank you to them. And Myra Thomas, Lorraine Lawson, and Jespri Kalra join me today from the Bank Automation News editorial team. Hello to all three of you. Let's start first with some general tech news. Uh, a survey of Americans uh, was released today that uh, found that since 2019, smartphone ownership has increased 4% to 85% of Americans. Not sure who that remaining 15% are. And broadband subscriptions have risen 4% to 77% of all Americans. However, the report found that 30% of those people report internet connectivity issues. President Biden has issued an order banning US investment in 59 Chinese tech companies that aid surveillance substantially expanding on an earlier order issued by President Trump. And the US Department of Justice says that it is elevating investigations of ransomware attacks to a similar priority as terrorism in the wake of the colonial pipeline hack. And to bank automation industry news, uh, this week, we reported on the FDIC's um, actions to and plans to expand AI usage in banking. Uh, we spoke with the FDIC's new chief innovation officer. Jasper, tell us a little bit about him and how the FDIC views AI for banking today. So the FDIC Innovation Officer Sultan Mikji is also the inaugural Chief Innovation Officer that the FDIC has appointed. And they're going to be hosting a lot of banks and fintechs and other interested stakeholders over the next two weeks to, sorry, for starting the week of June 14. And to talk about what they're thinking about when it comes to implementing AI and ML systems for things like cybersecurity, automation of back office processes, credit underwriting, and what the sort of takeaway from that conversation was that not only is, is his job aimed at how to shepherd these sort of integrations of new technology into the system, but also look at the FDIC's own internal operations and how to sort of modernize those and bring them up to speed with the tech that's going around in the financial industry. Now, some of the key highlights as per me, according to the conversation were a the conversation around AI and bias and credit underwriting also needs to be expanded to look at the existing biases that already exist in the banking system. And one of the examples he gave me was that if you say use a prepaid cell phone number in a banking application versus a postpaid cell number, you could end up having different costs associated to accessing certain products. And those sort of biases are already baked into the system. So his entire point there was that not only is it about extricating those biases, but also guarding against the fact that AI shouldn't end up making new biases into the system. And another thing that I touched upon with him was 
in its recent filing in response to the request for information the federal regulators had put out on AI and financial services, UiPath noted that an unable global framework at regulating AI, be it in countries like Singapore, EU, or emerging regulations in the US could pose a competitive disadvantage to firms building these systems. And he emphasized the point that irrespective of what happens, the US is gonna be a sort of like a welcome host to building these systems and AI and financial services could be a real competitive advantage that US firms have going forward. So Myra and Lorraine, to take the, uh, take the viewpoint of, a, of the financial institutions and and how does this plan or these positions that are being taken by uh, the FDIC and its new chief uh, CIO, how do they kind of resonate with what you know are the challenges or needs in uh, the banking industry as it relates to AI or AI uh, regulation and or leadership? No, I think what Jess Freed said you know, as far as UIA path has been echoed in the various vendors that we've been talking to is that, you know, there's no clarity. And so as far as the technologies that, and automation that they're developing and the product launches that they're working on, they're, you know, they're concerned obviously because there is no clear, clear path for them. So, you know, I think that's one major consideration. Um, as far as the banks, I think Lorraine had some interesting tidbits that she got as far as her feature that she was working on on ethical AI as well, which talked a little bit about, you know, the unintended consequences. And I'm sure at, su at, at such, forgive me, I think some of the banks will be concerned about the unintended consequences of AI. And so maybe that will make them a little bit more cautious about expending cash initially in large quantities, you know, on this technology. Uh, simply because of this unintended consequences. So I think they're going to have to figure out, you know, there's a lot of providers out there who are starting to say that they, you know, are in the AI-focused, you know, realm. I think the chief innovation officer at the FDIC came from ones himself that he created um, or headed up. Uh, so for banks, I think it's a big question mark, you know, at least right now. And it'll be interesting to see where, how much they actually decide to devote, you know, as far as finance, funding towards AI-related automation. Lorraine, how does this jive with the uh, ethical AI issues or sort of the, the needs of the marketplace um, for, for leadership guidance or enforcement? I definitely think banks are, are looking to regulators. I think that's a big part of why they're being slow to adopt AI in areas like credit decisioning. Uh, although that is automated, they don't necessarily use AI to do it in an automated way. Um, so I was talking to Stephen Thomas. He's executive director, director at the analytics and AI ecosystem in the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. That's in Ontario, Canada, and he had actually, he actually surveys banks about this, has talked to them primarily in North America, but what he has found is uh, that banks are researching how to use AI and credit decisioning, but they still haven't implemented anything. Now, I do think that that guidance is underway. There have been a number of legislation actives, activities around this recently, 
On May 27th, the uh, Senator Edward J. Markey and Congresswoman Doris Matsu, Matsui sorry, introduced uh, a algorithmic justice and online platform transparency act in Congress to prevent harmful algorithms, increase transparency into website content application and moderation practices, and also to create a commission that would be across the government and would investigate discriminatory algorithmic processes in throughout the economy. So I definitely think we're gonna see more activity around this in the next couple of years. Uh, one of the things that's striking, uh, Jaspreet, about what you learned from the FDIC, there, you know, the, he clearly mentioned uh, the need for coordination with other jurisdictions. There, he did not mention, at least I don't think, he did not mention coordination with other U.S. regulatory bodies. We have three, at least three other financial institution enforcement uh, bodies in the United States. And uh, as I understand it, I think that the FDIC is the only one with a chief innovation officer at this point. Um, is there a sense for what kind of uh, uh, MOU, you know, memorandum of understanding that may be inked between uh, the regulators that might help uh, with some of this uh, kind of standardization? Is there a focus internally or is it all about uh, you know, extra U.S. activities? Um, so a couple of points there. So he did talk a little about how a lot of regulatory agencies do work on this and they do internally coordinate. I mean, if you go back to the RFI that the agencies that issued, all five of them issued it jointly. So they're sort of in the process of learning more about it right now. And his like, overall expectation was that if rules do come out on AI eventually, it's unlikely that they would be overtly negative about using AI in the United States. On the other hand, I don't think in turn about their internal upgrades, there's a lot of coordination about how internal upgrades are being pushed out. That's more of a agency specific thing about how each agency is trying to build onto those things. Like for instance, he talked about the FDIC having used AI systems for about five years now for some processes, but on the other hand, they still have older technology that they're looking to upgrade. But one of the things he also emphasized was that a lot of fixation tends to happen around credit underwriting and AI use. And his entire point was that credit underwriting is a very small part of AI use in financial services. A lot of it is managing large-scale technical infrastructure. Some of it is also AML compliance that can help banks detect patterns that can otherwise manually take literally days to calculate or look at. So I think it's a much broader conversation and it's a lot about, which is why these office hours are sort of their first move on this, to just get people into the door and talk to them as much as they can about to learn what they're sort of thinking about. And so far there's been good interest expressed, like the number he gave me was over a hundred entities who want to come in and talk to the FDIC about what they're thinking about. So it could be a slow moving train, but I do think there is going to be coordination among federal agencies when they think about proposing rules on this. Is it, it Myra and Lorraine? I mean, is it is it on? Is it the case that uh, that there is this fixation on credit underwriting, um, or you know, is that accurate? Or and 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 maybe is it founded considering uh, the the dollar size of that um, uh, of 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 credit in the United States? 
I mean, go ahead, go ahead Lorraine. No, I was going to say you go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I, you know, I, I understand that the concern, you know, given history and all sorts of things and redlining and what have you. So yes, the focus would seem to be on the impact of credit underwriting. Mm -hmm. um, so that does make sense. Um, but obviously there are obviously many, many more ways where, where AI can be targeted, you know, AI could cause a problem in banking. Um, I think Lorraine pulled up some that initially even involved marketing, you know, um, products. But, you know, as with any new technology, it's always the, the implementation, the data that goes in that, uh, you know, automatically may change the outcome. And that much of that can be intentional or unintentional. You know, the human factor does matter. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a difficult proposition, but yes, the focus on credit underwriting does make sense. I mean, obviously, you know, there are always big players and big banks now trying to figure out ways to, you know, get around traditional ways to, to underwrite mm -hmm. individuals. And they assume that AI will help them figure out ways around, you know, traditional uh, ways, uh, more traditional ways to sort of exclude the underbanked or, or unbanked by finding new metrics, way, ways that people operate by using AI. Um, but, you know, little's known about how that's actually going to work out. Now, the fact that, you know, the major banks from JP Morgan, et cetera, want to be in it, obviously they understand it's a valuable marketplace to be in. You know? so Lorraine, what's the scope of the effort to um, automate credit decisioning using AI today? I mean, how, how, how much of an effort is being put into um, uh, integrating AI into credit decisioning? You know, uh, there's actually a vendor that does this and he is getting clients. Um, but um, I think that's just not known because the banks are very, very uh, cagey about talking about it at this point because it mm -hmm. is so much is unknown. Um, Myra mentioned the marketing efforts to be fair, that that is that should be looked at as well because banks are using AI now. We know to create personalized um, credit offers to people, and so you know personalized rates or personalized offers, and they're using data that could potentially be biased because it you know historical data, unfortunately, encodifies a lot of societal bias. Um, and that's, that's the challenge in AI is looking at, you know, really, really looking at your data sources. And right now the problem is there aren't a lot of best practices about how to fix the data. Like the, you think you would just pull out all the demographics, but it doesn't really work like that because AI is so good at pattern recognition. It can pick up on subtle things that um, would, would reveal you, for instance, as a white male of a certain age, like mm -hmm. maybe your buying habits could be used to do that. Um, so these, these things get codified in ways in the data that humans don't necessarily recognize. And then of course, as Myra points out, it's a little naive to think that some of this wouldn't be intentional at some point, maybe not on the financial institutions part, but mm -hmm. on uh, you know other areas where people would use AI. Right. So the, the upshot is the FDIC has its work cut out for it. Uh, what else do we have planned for our coverage next week? 
Well, next week we're working on a number of things. I know that in the hopper we have a story that will clarify, you know, the differences between what process mining and process discovery really mean, since there's been quite a bit of financial activity in that realm uh, as far as venture capital investment. And also I have another company that's quite large. It's in our funding roundup um, that sits on about 50% of that market. Um, as well as I believe if you guys want to talk a little bit about what you're working on as well. I'm also working on a story involving cross-border AI uh, utilized to fight against um, anti-money laundering. And so there's a lot of activity on the cross-border payment side. And so obviously the next stage for that, next step for that is better you know, better intelligence and better automation as far as AML. So I'm working on a story on that as well. Great, and, great. Yeah. And another thing involving a Walmart deal that I can't yet mention <laughs> that will come out on Tuesday. Great. Uh, well, um, I, I urge everyone to visit us uh, at bankautomationnews.com and uh, to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you to Myra Lorraine and Jess Breed for your insights. We will see you next time on The Buzz. Thank you very much.